0: Welcome to the Just for Kicks podcast. We have another daily episode covering the 2022 World Cup. The day has arrived. It is Judgment Day Eve for the United States, as they must beat Iran Tuesday to progress in the knockout stages of the World Cup. Steve and Mike are here to evaluate our chances tomorrow and provide you with the best betting tips in all of the galaxy. But first, let's chew on all the decisive matches from today including Portugal beating Uruguay via a phantom goal from Cristiano Ronaldo and a penalty that at least one of us considers dubious. Mike, I'm just a poor caveman lawyer. I thought it was a penalty. Give me your take.
1: (laughs) What's funny is uh, my mom was asking me about it like literally five minutes ago. Uh, And by the way, my mom is very knowledgeable about the game. She's watched it her whole life. Well, she's probably heard
0: you complain about the calls that have gone against you and your team for a very long time. Like all of us that played competitive sports. She picks up these things.
1: Yes. And so that's the thing is like, look, I don't know what a handball is anymore. They've changed the rule in the last few years, several times. I'm still a firm believer that they should leave it as if it hits your hand, it's a handball. Then there's no debate of intentionality. You can argue. We can sit here and argue all day whether that was an intentional handball part of me thinks it kind of looked like he did that intentionally and that's the rule as it currently stands but you can't know for sure so it was basically the referee guessing so I mean it's a coin flip there man I, I I was I was on Uruguay for that match so my bias is that it wasn't a handball but I can see where it was. Again, it's like the referee might as well have walked over to the sideline, flipped a coin, and been like, handball. Like, that's what we're looking at.
0: So, at that point in time, I was watching with the sound off. So, I have no idea what the commentary was. And again, simple caveman lawyer here speaking to me and my understanding of handballs. It was, whether he intended to or not, in an unnatural position in the
2: box that affected a goal scoring opportunity. Is it more complex than that, Steve? I think the current definition is: (laughs) if your body is in a, if your arm is in a position that would naturally support or be a reasonable position for the structure of your body at that point. I don't know. We're gonna have to look up the exact definition. No, that's what I'm saying. They keep changing it. Yeah, but basically, I just confused myself even more. I mean, I read it like three times today. Um, I don't know what a handball is either. Um, I don't think the referee did, and quite frankly, I was just annoyed because. I thought when Bruno Fernandez went between his legs, it was really cheeky. And I was kind of interested to see if he could get to it.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, and last, last comment. So Joey, I was listening with sound on, and I think it was Clattenburg. They brought in whatever ref analysis they brought in said, "Oh, oh Clattenburg. I, I don't think it's a handball. I don't like the decision, but again, like, like, I mean, interesting. That's why I'm like, dude, just, if it hits your hand, it's a handball. Sometimes you're gonna get tough luck. Sometimes not. It's probably gonna be. It's it's gonna come out in the wash exactly like it it has been. You know, there's gonna be some calls that, like, half the world right now is upset about that call. Half the world is like, no, it was a handball. It's it, we're we're never gonna get it right. So just make it easy.
0: <laughs> Let's zoom back out at this match, which had enormous implications for the entire tournament, let alone this group. What went wrong for Uruguay? Not over. They're not out of it, but this is a team we all had high hopes for in this tournament. Too cautious of an approach? Are they lacking chemistry, cohesion, a strategic vision to get the most out of a side with this much talent? What did they need to do to right this ship against Ghana, which would see them through, assuming South
2: Korea can't beat Portugal, Steve? Uruguay needs to start scoring some goals. They've been slap average going forward so far, Um, fortunately for them. Ghana coming up, and Ghana's given up plenty. So perhaps that's the antidote, but the Sky Blues are not inspiring confidence despite the names they're rolling out there. Suarez is not the old Suarez. Cavani you know, missed one that he probably would have finished a few years ago. Darwin Nunez hasn't really gotten in the dangerous spots, so they're going to have to score to advance, plain and simple. Let's talk about
0: Brazil-Switzerland. Brazil's without Neymar for the remainder of the group stages, but they look silky smooth. But they still needed the Casemiro strike with a Fortunate deflection late in the match to eke out a 1-0 victory. That's not to say they wouldn't have gone on to score had that not happened, but that was the case. Regardless, Switzerland looked good, but not good enough. Mike, I know you're disappointed that Man U's mercurial midfielder Fred got the start over your boy from Newcastle, Bruno G. Mares. But Bruno did make his way to the pitch for uh, crucial stretches of the match. Talk about what you saw from your boy, Bruno G., and tell me just how important he is to this Brazil side if Neymar does not recover fully. I mean, we've seen pictures of that ankle because Neymar just can't help himself. He wants the entire universe to know he actually did get tackled and he's not just writhing in pain and still flopping somewhere off into the distance. Um, That ankle does look gnarly.
1: It's photoshopped, number one. This is just a campaign. He's fine. He's just, he, in seriousness, when he started flopping around at the beginning of this tournament, I was like, not again. So, like, it's, it's actually what you expect. I I mean, I don't know, but like like his
2: third favorite skill move.
1: I mean, straight up. Um, But no, like, Joey, I think that's exactly what he's doing because. Everybody does think that he just flops needlessly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at like Jack Grealish. He gets really, really, really pissed off when people follow him. And that's actually with good reason. He, he does get followed a lot. He gets hacked a lot. Um, well, I'd foul
0: Jack Grealish. I mean, I mean I'd mean, i foul him in think. training. I'd foul him because I w- want him to start for my team. I, I mean, but I, that's another story for another Tyler <laughs> Adams cleaned him out last game. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It um, was beautiful. But let's, let's talk about Bruno G. Let's talk about your boy. He is, the stage is here. It is set. He could be the difference maker, man. Here's the thing. I
1: don't understand Fred. And if you are looking for, you're not going to get a like for like replacement for Neymar, but if you're looking for the more attacking of two options, it's Bruno. And I think that all, all that I can really conjure up is that Fred is a more defensive option to sort of, figure things out I I just I, I just simply do not rate Fred but you look at that spell when Uruguay was really really pounding home Bruno was on the field so I don't think he necessarily made a strong case for his inclusion if they need to kind of lock it up but if they're going for it like Bruno will start next game because it's relatively inconsequential um, so I, I'm I, that this, I, I think that's going to be his moment to sort of stake his claim, show that he can work both sides of the ball. And, you know, they, they obviously don't want to show any defensive frailty, but, you know, he scores a goal plays well defensively. I, I think then we could potentially see him ride if Neymar is not fully fit.
0: Steve, I know to many of the uninitiated, it may seem like a troubling sign that Brazil didn't storm past Switzerland, even without Neymar. But I felt like this was more telling of the quality that the Swiss have to offer, and not really a knock on Brazil, who played their game on their terms and ultimately got the result that
2: they wanted. I kind of thought the same thing watching their Brazil, uh, both these games, Brazil against Switzerland, as I did Brazil against Serbia. Don't be fooled by them not barnstorming these teams out of the gate. Both matches, they've had considerably more influence, and in fact... Brazil have had the most touches in the attacking third this tournament and are yet to allow a shot on target. Um, <laughs> and that target includes Allison in the middle of it. Yeah, and if you were to happen to get one on target, it's going to be the, one of the best goalkeepers in the world is going to be between that and the goal. So we're watching an incredible team. They have tons of experience and a confidence that only Brazil is really allowed. Those first halves have been rope dopes um, We've seen twice now, after they get going, they are playing a different sport, and they're getting reps with seemingly every combination of their absurdly stacked squad so far. Um The sky is the limit for this team. It has been extremely exciting to watch. And I think I texted you during the game that you know it, it had nothing to do with Switzerland. Brazil is that good. I think Switzerland likes their chances against anybody, and if you're not one of the top three sides, you're scared of them right now.
1: Yeah, they're pragmatic, man. They're just very, very organized and 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 disciplined. All, like every tournament they play in, which is crazy of a nation that tiny.
0: Steve, any more thoughts on Brazil before we move on?
2: Yeah, I honestly could probably, we could do a full form podcast on this one. But I, the one thing that I'm really enjoying is that they're basically the last team to go in each of these rounds of group matches. And I'm just loving them being the headliner. Of watching all these teams, we have all these, you know, opinions and ebbs and flows. And then both times, Brazil has just been like, y'all forgot that we set the standard. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, how great was it seeing, you know, Ronaldo, Roberto Carlos, Cafu, and then they pan all the way to the left and Kaká is just like doing a massive fist bump. I mean, just the community, the joy. I mean, this is this is something to celebrate. Elsewhere we had a riveting uh, 3-3 draw between Cameroon and Serbia. And Ghana outlasted South Korea 3-2. Guys, any notes on those goal
2: fests, Steve? Yeah, got to shout out Cameroon, Serbia. That was probably the game of the tournament so far for me. 3-3 with a couple fantastic finishes. Talk about Ghana really
0: quick. Uh, you believe in them from the beginning. Uh, we were a little more lukewarm. What did you see from the Black Stars before this tournament that made you so convinced they were going to be doing this well?
1: I think they've got a better core of players than people think they historically well they've shown up in the last however many world cups and you know they they produce some good players and for me it's it's all about the spirit like if you watch that game first of all they've played in two three to two matches so regardless of the result they're going to get they're going to be fun to watch no matter what they're they're going to put on a show Uh, They're going to score goals. They're going to concede goals. So they're they're a super fun team, and I, I I was banking on them scoring more than they conceded. And today, it it was you know same kind of story. They they let up a lot of chances to Korea. You know they that that game could have been any scoreline. And I I just I think that when you you pan over to the crowd and you see how passionate the Ghanaian fans are, right? They will their team on it's it's very much they're all at a party and including the players and so korea you know 22 shots uh, they're gonna face a similar if not more amount of strikes against uruguay i'm still at this point i'm backing them against uruguay because uruguay has not been clinical and <laughs> it's gonna be three two. one of them <laughs> like uh, i I'm, I'm feeling uh I, they're, they're just, they're fun to watch,
0: man. You think your way breaks a duck? You think they put one in the back of the net?
1: I, I mean, they should with how many chances Ghana's going to, or should give up. I mean, that's the thing. Ghana, Thomas Partey can't control the midfield or all midfield all by himself. And um, so they're, they're, they'll get chances, but again, they had a ton of chances today and they just, they, they, they weren't even putting them in any sort of a, good area. Like Suarez's miss was very atypical, very
0: strange. So Steve, as our resident historian, can you just size up the magnitude of what facing Uruguay again will mean for Ghana and why they might have just a little bit more motivation um to make sure that Uruguay finishes outside the knockout
2: stages. I think even our most casual soccer fans will remember the infamous Luis Suarez handball. And thanks to Ghana's win today, it's perfectly set up for the ultimate revenge game for them to be able to knock out and finally conquer Uruguay and avenge the uh, handball in South Africa that ultimately kicked them out as the last remaining African hope. And I mean, it's, it's one of the most famous moments in world cup history and i'm very excited to see because i uruguay has not done well against in their revenge matches so far
0: yeah um and that gian penalty miss that came from that handball you know when you're on twitter back in the old days when twitter actually was twitter um and uh <laughs> people would just write oh my god before like everything got hashtagged and you, you just knew it had to be of of that Ma- you knew you'd miss something just massive. Um, I think that was the biggest, oh my god, moment mm-hmm. maybe I've ever observed that penalty mess following the handball. I mean, that the theater in that, the heartbreak. Um I, I think the universe might be pulling for Ghana. No disrespect to Uruguay, who uh I love immensely.
2: Oh, absolutely. Did we not all feel a little aggrieved by that, regardless of where you were from? <laughs>
0: Yes, and then there was the, you know, and then there's obviously the person, like, at the, at the bar making the argument saying, well, it worked. I mean, what Luis Suarez did, it, and it did work, but nobody wanted to hear it, man. Just, like, go home. <laughs> that was, you were telling
1: me to go home. I, I, that's what I said. I'm like, dude needs to make the penalty. Just saying.
0: <laughs> Not that way.
2: Not I, that.
1: Personally, would have done the same
2: thing. Steve, oh, I did the same. I did the hey, same thing a hundred times out of a hundred. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> it's like, the World cheated. And I'm you like, no. to win the game.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that day, in the immediate aftermath, don't be that guy. Sorry. Okay, guys, we've dragged it out long enough, and it's time to. Get real, real in touch with our feelings and try to in some way, shape, or form meld that with some type of intellectual exercise about what's gonna happen tomorrow and the fate of the United States. United States, Iran, when and we're in, draw or lose, and we will be asking ourselves a litany of what ifs across the three matches that we played at Qatar. 2022 first off what is your stress level right now because mine my friends is way too high
2: steve i'm gonna say about a nine because it's my stress is peaking but i have just a little calm if cautious optimism also saying nine because the number nine position for the united states is a huge source of this said stress
0: mike how you feeling
2: you, nobody wants to hear this that's
1: listening to this pod or you guys. I don't feel good about tomorrow. I really I don't know. feel good either. Um, 1998, last time we played Iran in a World Cup, they eliminated us 2-1. to one. There's a lot of tensions. I've been waiting for Iran to sort of have their special moment and the political undertones here. Just the the lack of finishing on behalf of the United States. Our set pieces have not been dangerous. Like I I just, we're the better side. We we. But here's the thing: in '98, we were ranked 11th. We were ranked 11th. We were ranked higher than we are now. Iran was 42, and they beat us two to one. Like the parallels are really tight. So my hope is that this story is being told to the entire United States team. Maybe maybe they're listening. Who knows? Um, and it's a revenge match because, you know, we've been eliminated by these guys. It's our turn. I just, to, to say that I had confidence, and maybe this is just me being at, at more of a 9.5 on the stress level, um, I just...
2: A false 9, if you will. A, a false I, I'm, 9.
1: <laughs> I'm just feeling Which very... you were also
0: pining for us to play. You want Arison, Aronson to play a uh, false 9, do you not?
1: I agree. No, I do. The Freudian slips
0: here are off the chart.
1: Yeah. So, sorry, I just I just rambled because I'm nervous.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about Iran and the unique challenge that they present. Um, I know the 6-2 drubbing by England does not make them look like a fortress at the back, but that match was far closer than the scoreline indicated, and we saw them revert back to their true form when they bested Wales. What
2: scares you the most about Iran, Steve? Important to remember, this is still the best Asian team at the tournament, and they deserve respect for that. The thing that scares me the most is Iran's strength perfectly benefits from our weakness. They're going to want to sit in and defend, and the U.S. struggles to break down teams who take that approach. We're going to see a 4-1-4-1. They'll completely stifle the middle of the field, and we've not shown a consistent ability to overcome that kind of setup. But to Burhalter's credit, this is kind of the goal of his system and uh, program lately. He wants the USA to graduate to be able to control games and take advantage of our creative talent. And in his words, it's time to, quote, change how the world sees U.S. soccer, end quote. I'm personally kind of loving the final boss aspect of this. This new generation has proven capable of qualifying, something that we were not able to do last time. Then they were able to perform in a way we have rarely seen against Wales despite the result. They went toe to toe with England and were, in fact, a better team. And now it's time to prove that we have what it takes to win the games we're supposed to win and be the team that can take the game by the scruff of the neck. So, Mike, I'm a little
0: less optimistic than Steve. Um,
2: I can because, carry the optimism here. I've got a but, full pail. Thank you. But
0: um, probably a little more optimistic than you are. So, the opening 30 minutes of our match against Wales. I feel like if we can capture that, where for the first time I felt like we were flying, we weren't making the obvious pass in the final third, people were, you know, off balance. We just weren't telegraphing everything. I feel like if we can keep that up, we will create enough opportunities to score a goal. But I just don't see this being an easy occasion by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's on a razor's edge. I think it's a coin flip. I know that feels like a cop-out, but, you know, part of me is already in the bargaining stages of, you know, how tomorrow, regardless of what happens today, we can say this was a successful tournament because of what I've seen already in the 180-plus minutes from this team. What scares you about Iran? And if we lose tomorrow, would you characterize or draw? Would you characterize this as a successful outing from the United States of the World Cup?
1: So same things that Steve mentioned scare me about Iran. They're very disciplined and compact. And again, not drawn out easily. Right. And you know. Two pods ago, you asked what the key was, and I just said finishing. That's all this game comes down to. Who's going to have their Landon Donovan moment? Because, I mean, I personally think that the bet of this game is under one and a half goals at plus 184. This is a one niller either way. And yeah. we need somebody to step up. We need, I I, I don't know who it's going to be right? It's everybody's putting a lot of weight on Pulisic. I have a feeling it's going to be somebody else. Um, but I think, you know, that is the hope. That's the optimism. We create enough chances to where we can actually finish one. We just, we haven't done it. And then to answer your second question, if we don't make it out of this group stage, this world cup was a failure in my eyes, despite playing very well. I don't, I don't take, you know, Oh, we played pretty well. You gotta, you gotta get results, man. And we could, if if we were to do this every single world cup and play beautiful football and score no goals, it it doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, you have to score. That's, that's the only thing the scoreboard says is how many balls went in the back of the net.
0: Steve, I don't want to mourn. What may not transpire, but Am I
1: that sad? <laughs>
0: We're not dead yet.
1: Hey, <laughs> I'm like, I, Dr. Doom over here.
0: I'm comfortable saying that unless we lose in a dramatic and horrific fashion tomorrow, these first two matches have shown me that we are on the right
2: path. Would you agree with that assessment, Steve? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's only two games. I, hesitate to make any sweeping conclusions before I see at least one more against Iran with which has its uh the requirements are very clearly laid out for us in this match. Um it's hard to make an assessment on the tournament as a whole, but I do like the fact that we've tried to play more attacking soccer and take advantage of the fact that we have a far more technical and creative generation coming through. Um I think that'll pay dividends in the long run, but we're kind of in a situation right now where we have a lot of really strong opportunities laid out for us over the next 24 hours and week if we take advantage of that. So, you know, it's hard to get where we are right now. I want to see them take advantage of it. And frankly, I'm optimistic because this team, this generation, has kind of had their backs against the wall a handful of times, and they've been able to go out and get the result. I don't think anyone on this team is scared. I don't. I haven't seen any of this generation play frightened. Um, I'm excited to see us hopefully take the next step.
0: Okay, so concurrently, we'll have England-Wales. Huge talent differential, but the familiarity and the regional proximity makes this feel like it'll be very different from what it looks like on paper. Uh, guys, uh, what do you expecting if it's a match?
1: Mike? This is a, another tough one for me because I've got bias and hope in the game, right? If Wales can, you know, potentially down England, that's an awesome story. I don't see it happening. I think that England's just too strong and they'll overwhelm them. But I do think that this will be a tighter game than people think, just because it is very much a derby. And so I, I'm thinking, you know, two to one, it'll be an exciting watch, in my opinion, because neither team is technically fully safe. England on goal differential likely is, but you never know um i I think it's just gonna be a,
2: a a fun game honestly it's the first time england's ever played a fellow british side in the world cup so that aspect of it i'm thinking might shorten the talent gap but england's obviously the superior team and they're looking to reassert themselves with the favorites for the full tournament whereas wales is just trying to survive um i do think it'll be closer than people think england's got some rumors of rotations coming around um you know, whispers of Jordan Henderson getting in and the Phil missing Phil Foden might be making an appearance. So it'll still be fascinating. Um, But yeah, these two teams, are they have completely different goals. But fun fact, England has not won a group since 2006. So they have plenty of motivation to execute this. And Wales, um, you know, fighting for their lives. So very interesting dynamic. England, the team that
0: invented the game, has exited in the group stage more recently than they've won a group. Fun fact, Steve's always got him. Uh, really quickly, this time tomorrow, not only will the USA and the rest of Group B's fates be sealed, Holland, Ecuador, and Senegal will also be finding out if they'll be advancing out of Group B or joining the already eliminated cutter on the cutting room floor of this tournament's story. I think the Dutch roll cutter, if you disagree, please speak now or forever hold your peace. I didn't hear anything, so I'm going to keep going. But how does the Senegal team stack up with Ecuador? Assuming Holland wins or draws against Qatar, Asadio Mane-Less Senegal can book their place in the knockouts with a win against Ecuador. I personally give Ecuador a slight edge. How do you guys size this one up? This is a tough one,
1: honestly. I, I think Ecuador has proven to me that they're better than I thought they were going into this tournament. I, I, I believe, and maybe... Steve, you know this. I think the last seven World Cup goals sco- scored by Ecuador have all been scored by Ener Valencia. So uh, there's there's a pretty heavy reliance on one guy, and if Senegal can kind of mark him out of the game and make sure they keep him quiet, I think that they could pull this off. So this is a really, really, really hard game to, to pick. I think that this one, similar to Serbia-Cameroon, is going to be really exciting. Um, Maybe a little cage but I- I'm taking Senegal at plus 220.
0: we can have a, uh, another African team uh, make it to the knockouts or just falling painfully short
2: of reaching another milestone yet again? I've been really impressed with both of these teams. I'd be excited to see either of them in the knockouts. Um, as with their fans, I'm sure Ecuador has not made the knockouts since 2006. Senegal only ever made the knockouts in 2002. But I think both of them deserve a chance. And quick bit of trivia, which team in this tournament has the best expected goals against, and a to d'Or leader after two rounds? I would say Ecuador. That's correct. Ecuador has been an insanely surprising team. Um, I think Senegal is every bit of a match for them, but Ecuador only needs to get out here with a draw. Um, I actually think that they're drastically underrated and could probably pr- provide danger for anybody. That said, a lot of that XG against came against Cutter. Okay, guys.
0: Well, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We got your Mets picks for you. Mike, tell the kids how to keep cleaning up.
1: All right. So I mentioned Senegal tomorrow at uh, plus 220. I think that um, I think they're going to have enough to get it over the line. And I think that they're going to challenge Ecuador more than Ecuador has been challenged thus far. I think that um, the Netherlands cutter game, you don't touch. Uh, although to be completely honest with you, I'm toying around with just tossing like 10 bucks at plus 1200 cutter. You got to imagine they're going to play with some kind of pride to not finish with zero points. Right. Right. So it's a, that's a pride. That's a pride sprinkle. I'm not saying Mike, who's who's
0: walking through that door. for cutter.
1: (laughs) Steve liked that term. So we're going to keep using that. Um, I think if you're, listen, uh, like, like I said, if you're super optimistic on the United States, they're at plus 100. I I struggle with that one. I'm going to take the under one and a half goals at plus 184 because I truly do think that this is a 1-0 game, hopefully to the U.S., and then I think you take over two and a half goals Wales versus England. That's at minus one hundred four, basically even odds. That's actually my pick of the day. I th- I think that that one is a slam dunk because if it's two one either way, you cash that one. And that, that Gareth
2: Bale scores on Harry Maguire, the banter will be epic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just to wrap it up, uh, I think you take Senegal at plus two twenty. Uh, I think you do a a pride sprinkle on Cutter plus twelve hundred. I think you take U.S. Iran uh, minus one and a half goals at plus one eighty four, and Wales England at minus one hundred four for over two and a half total goals.
0: So that has been our just for kicks daily recap of today's action, preview of all tomorrow's action. Make sure to subscribe to the Just for Kicks podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We have tons of content coming to you. Um, Check out our Instagram at the Just for Kicks podcast and Twitter at Just for Kicks FC.